If you wanted to learn how to make money, there's a lot of information out there. But if you wanted to manage your money, learn how to invest it and grow it, there isn't much information out there, especially when it comes to Gen Zs. And there are 100 million Gen Zs in Pakistan. In this episode of the Misal Podcast, you will learn how my guest is solving this problem using an app to make you money smart. His name is Mohsin Siddiqui and he's the co-founder and CEO of Genmo, Pakistan's first app designed for Gen Zs. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Mohsin. Let's listen in. Welcome to the Missile Podcast, Mohsin. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. So when I first connected with you on LinkedIn, like I, I, I remember telling you that I love your branding and you guys have done a phenomenal job with the branding and I can't wait for the app to launch. Can you please go ahead and like introduce yourself? Tell me a little bit about the product that you're building and why. Uh, so my name is Mohsin Siddiqui. I am uh, one of the co-founders and CEO of Genmo. Uh, at Genmo, we're building a money app and a debit card for kids and teenagers. Uh, and the platform will offer uh, digital financial education and uh, financial services uh, targeted towards kids and teenagers uh, and, and millions of them out there uh, in Pakistan. I've spent about um, seven years uh, in the investment industry, uh, both on buy side, sell side as an investment portfolio manager and uh, have looked at portfolios of both individuals and institutions. And uh, during this time, I think uh, one of the biggest learnings I've had uh, is the fact that there is a general lack of ability of people to be able to take self-beneficial financial decisions, right? And when you actually reflect back onto that statement, it's not a surprise because, you know, nobody really talks to you about money, whether it's at home or at school. And I I, I, I want to share this this incident. So, so when I started out in the investment industry as a stockbroker, uh, one of my first assignments was that my employer asked me to go uh, and give this uh, talk at an institute of clinical psychology. So this was a room, auditorium filled of clinical psychologists, all of them PhDs. And, and it was a session about investing in the stock market and personal finance and all of that and as intimidating as it it was for a newbie like me to stand in front of that you know very i mean these guys uh look at the or, or study the human brain for the living right i mean they understand all of those things and to to stand in front of them i felt very intimidated but then I just asked them one question. I was like, you know, throughout your academic life, were you ever taught what to do with your money once you start making it? There was hardly anybody in the room who sort of raised their hand, right? Because it's, it is not done in any structured way, even though it's an essential life skill. All of us, irrespective of which career paths we take or, or, or not take, uh, we end up interacting with money. And uh, like all the previous generations, whether it's our generation or the generations before that, we have only understood money through trial and error. We haven't had any, any, any structured way of somebody teaching us that, you know, how to actually deal with money. And if you reflect back on how the journey goes when it comes to financial decision making, you think that, you know, a lot of bad financial decisions that you've made uh, were avoidable. I mean, just because if somebody would have taught you early on how to avoid those mistakes, you might have avoid, avoided those mistakes, right? And it has nothing to do really with being having studied finance or not studied finance, because personal finance is a different thing altogether. I mean, I can tell you from my experience that I've interacted with a lot of bankers, with a lot of, uh, you know, people who are well into the finance field, but still struggle with personal financial decisions because it's a different ballgame altogether, right? There's so many things to compare. Financial markets are moving so quickly. 
uh, so many different products and you know all of that but you still find people who are you know working in the banking industry or other financial services industries to still be apprehensive when it comes to interacting with financial products and services right? all of that experience and uh, more uh, recently i completed my uh, masters in economics and my thesis was actually on financial capability and financial education so for 6 7 months all i did was read empirical literature on uh, financial capability uh, financial literacy the best practices around the world how the world has been dealing with this and you know uh, because it's been over two decades or so that the world has realized the importance of it and you see actually uh, financial education being a part of policy making both at the OECD level and also at the level of a lot of countries it's a part of their national financial uh, strategies as well right and when i went through all of that it just made me aware of how the world is looking at this problem dealing with this problem and then i looked at pakistan how we are dealing with this problem and then also i i i taught a personal finance course to teenagers last year uh, in summer so it was like a four week thing and i mean the response was amazing i my class uh, had like uh, individuals between the ages of you know starting from 13 years old to up to 16 17 year old and uh, initially i thought that they would just potentially be interested in something basic right so not like maybe not in the stocks or something like that but i was pleasantly surprised because when i started to have conversations about the stock market and all of that they were so interested right uh they wanted to learn about it and when i thought about it it made a lot of sense because these individuals are uh, you know digitally connected uh they they look at all of these you know teslas and you know uh, all of these teenage millionaires and you know these content creators and all of those uh, individuals and they understand that you know these are the kind of uh, products or you know investments that we need to understand and become a part of right and before that i was only interacting with their parents right so for a pitching it to millennial generation before that uh to sort of you know uptake investments into the stock markets and you know all of that and when i got to interact with these uh, uh you know young individuals it just you know it was like a light bulb moment kind of a thing uh and i thought that you know absolutely you know this generation out of all the other generations is is much more ready uh for this conversation they need this conversation they're interested they they needed they interested they're interested in it and and they're ready for it and and you know so so all of that sort of culminated into creating genmo uh, and then my co-founder mona and myself we've known each other for over 17 years and and throughout this time we you know we've had numerous conversations about because she uh, you know she she's a creative she she comes from a creative background and and most of her life has been spent as an entrepreneur and especially for creative people i mean they don't even take up like financial courses when they're studying in universities right so 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 much like people who study a finance degree they don't even take finance courses and they end up becoming freelancers and entrepreneurs in their respect right so for them to be able to understand and have that learning curve in terms of understanding personal finance and all of those things and she went through that and you know all of those years we we've been talking about it and then whenever we interacted with any uh, family so like millennial families with gen z children or or beyond uh, you would see that they, they they would understand that this skill is important they need to sort of transfer it into their children or have their children learn about money but you know there, there wasn't really a, a ready made solution for it right so so you know if you want your children so there are so many activities within school and in the after school space so if you want your children to learn karate or you know robotics or coding or you know new language or whatever you know there are so many ways to do that right there is a uh, there is a set way to do it right either it's digital or in person or whatever but when it comes to personal finance there is no ready made solution and uh, interestingly when we uh, when we you know went out and and did 
uh, our survey and, and we did our market research and spoke to these hundreds of families all across Pakistan. One of the most interesting highlights that I uh, that, that we came across it was even though most of the parents realize that it's their job to teach their children about money, they also accept that they're not equipped themselves, right? Because if you think about it, these are parents who are not even interacting with basic asset classes such as the stock market. So in Pakistan, only 0.13% of the population invests into the stock market, right? And stock market is an age-old asset, uh, as long as you can remember, right? So they don't even interact with that. But now they have these Gen Z children uh, coming up to them and asking them about NFTs, cryptos, and all of those things. And, and, and they, you know, sort of feel dumbfounded that, you know, uh, we, we, we don't understand that. We can't answer their queries. And obviously, we can't make them learn all of them. So that's the gap, I think, which is, which absolutely Genmo is trying to fill by not just making financial education available for uh, kids and teenagers, but also for their parents as well, right? Because at the end of the day, parents are, I mean, children are just going to live uh, with their parents and be with them for like 24 hours a day. And whatever they're learning, whether it's in school or otherwise, they will always reflect back with their parents, asking them about those things and having those conversations. Yeah. So that's how, I mean, all, all of this, uh, you know, sort of came together. And we're so excited to sort of, you know, moving forward. Uh, while reading the report that you guys put out, um, I'll leave a link for that in the description of the show notes and everything. While reading that report, I just couldn't stop thinking about my childhood. Basically, I was, you know, it, it talks about like pocket money or like, you know, just, you know, people or kids just asking for money and getting it. I was one of those kids, just I just asked for money and I got it. I came to the US when I was uh, 19 years old and that was the first time for me, like a shock when it came to like, you know, doing budgeting, for example, like I would start eating out, but if I ate out, like I was out of money in a, in a week. Those are the things like you kind of expect your parents to teach you. Of course, my parents just thought that I would learn those things. It's like, you know, every generation kind of gets better with money, but the new generation now, like my 10 year old, he specifically says like, you know, when he's asking about money, he tells me like he needs real world money and not the Robux. So Robux is a, you know, currency which is used in Roblox, which is a multiplayer game. But he, he makes sure that he tells me like, I, I want like, you know, fiat currency. He, those are his words. So so he knows at 10 years old, like what fiat is, what cryptocurrency is and, and all those things. So this generation is completely different. Um, so can you, can we talk a little bit more about like what exactly, how will the app work in terms of like, you know, um, money exchanges or like depositing money, withdrawing money, budgeting? Like, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Uh, absolutely. I, I'd like to comment on, on something that you said uh, earlier on. And I think that's very significant because when you empower uh, a kid or a teenager to be able to understand what money management is, especially in a country like Pakistan, that has, that has a lot of macro implications as well. Because one of, the, one of the biggest problems that as a country we've had is having to rely on foreign money to be able to fund our growth, right? And it has always been a choppy thing because, you know, when it comes, it comes. When it doesn't come, it doesn't come. And we always have problems sustaining our economic growth because of that, because of lack of domestic capital generation. Now we've come to a point where we have, uh, you know, a young demographic, a massive one for that matter. And if we were to train these people to take better decisions with money, these individuals are going to work for the next 30, 40 years and generate a lot of domestic capital in terms of retirement savings and all of those things, which will help Pakistan 
uh, you know, achieve sustainable development and economic growth for years to come. So this is the key everybody needs to work on when it comes to this population. And more so that because we're in a demographic transition, right? So everybody talks about the fact that we're young and all of that, but nobody's really looking at what will happen after, which is aging. So a lot of countries, developed countries right now are going through aging. And even though they were prepared for it, they're still facing a lot of problems. So Japan, for example, right? So Japan was really prepared for their population to age. But in Japan, currently, uh, age-old poverty is almost 30%. So even though countries who have had the resources, prepared for it, had all the social support there and, you know, uh, the support of the government and all of that, they still ended up realizing that, you know, it wasn't enough. Uh, and for a country like Pakistan, if you say that, you know, once we actually go from this transition and move towards the next phase, which is aging, if we're not preparing people to be able to handle their retirement, what exactly are we, are we going to do with that, right? Because the state potentially will not be able to cover that. I mean, currently in Pakistan, only 5% of the population is covered by any long-term retirement plan. So how do you actually change that uh, for the future generation? Or how do you actually ensure? So there's a big macro implication, right? Both in terms of actually sustaining economic growth and also empowering these people and ensuring that in the next 50 years, wherever Pakistan will be, these individuals will still be able to take care of themselves when it comes to that particular point in the in, in the overall demographic transition. So that's a- absolutely uh, the, the wider implications of, of what we're trying to do in our, in our humble effort. Uh, in, in terms of the platform in itself, so, you know, it's, uh, it's a money app uh, with a with a card uh, associated with it. Uh, we, we haven't disclosed a, a lot of information about it as yet, uh, but we will be in in the coming weeks or so. Uh, but absolutely, you know, it uh, it it'll be a, a, a sh- it'll have a shared user interface, so between the parent and the child. Uh, the parent would be able to add their children into the interface. They would be able to you know. Uh, automate their pocket money, transfer money to them, and be able to you know uh, look at how they're creating their budgets or saving goals, all of those capabilities. Uh, children on the other end will be able to you know uh, have access to that money, uh, be able to create their own saving goals, track those saving goals, uh, and then also get an opportunity to learn. Their parents can assign them different tasks, uh, which could be reward based or you know whether it's a monetary reward or a non-monetary reward. All of those features are going to be there. So providing an opportunity and giving a, giving control because I mean the problem when you talk to families, the problem right now is that you know both of these individuals are are actually uh, interacting with money in isolation, right? And usually in families, you know, money conversation is usually shielded when it comes to children, right? So normally uh, in a family, you only hear about money when there is a problem, right? So if there is, you know, now that there's inflation is high, you know, you're not able to do things that you used to earlier on, you're not able to take those vacations or buy, upgrade your car or get a new TV or whatever that is. Now you would have those conversations and tell your children, you know what? Uh, you know, we'll not be able to do this this year, right? You know, we might have to like delay this. But the thing is, it, it shouldn't be like that, right? These conversations need to be happening even when there are good days, right? So it's to make them understand, you know, how we are doing what we're doing and where is this money coming from? But that doesn't happen. Even though children are more open to it, they want to understand it, they want to become a part of it. But generally, we feel that, you know, we, we should shield our children from this, you know, for whatever. And also parents... In, in, in that process, whenever parents give money to their children, you know, they either ask about it, they don't ask about it. But if you ask any parent, right, how, how much money have you given to your child in the past month? 
Nobody can answer that. I mean, we've spoken to so many parents, you know, because they come to you for different requests, right? You know, I, I just ordered a food delivery. I just want to get some stationery. You know, I, I need to go out with my friends. So you keep giving these, you know, 1,000 rupees, 1,500 rupees, 500 rupees, 100 rupees, whatever. But you can't really keep track of that. You know, nobody knows how much money you've given to your child, right? Uh, and, 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 and when the next time the child comes and asks for money, another there's another awkward conversation, right? So what, what happened to the last 1,000 rupees that I gave? Even the child doesn't know because he's not even keeping track of where you know they're spending money, right? So, so these silos are not really benefiting anyone. So there has somebody has to really break that ice and give them a platform, a digital platform where they you know would potentially so parents would would potentially have uh, or essentially have the ability to not do that helicopter parenting, have the visibility and transparency of where the money is going when it comes to their children. And children will get an opportunity to sort of take control and be able to decide, okay, this is the money that I have. This is how I'm, I, I'm going to budget it. This is how I'm going to create my saving goals. Uh, and then saving goals is like another thing, right? Because uh, the way children are saving right now is pretty much how they did, you know, I don't know, 40 years ago, right? Uh, which is just either with a money jar or a good luck or, you know, somewhere in their cupboard or something like that. And... It just, I mean, to me, it's just criminal because, you know, this, this is the digital generation. I mean, they, 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 they find everything, all solutions available digitally to them. How can you possibly give them a good luck to save money, right? Uh, I mean, they don't know how much money is in there. They can't keep a track of it. Uh, you know, if they have to break it, you know, they have to buy a new good luck. I mean, it's just, there are so many problems with that, right? Which is why a lot of children don't save money because they're like, you know, we saved money, we put it in a good luck. There was one experience uh, of this child, you know, he saved for almost two years uh, and saved in a, in a in a money jar in his cupboard. And then some construction work was going on or renovation work was going on in his house, and that jar got stolen. So for that child, that that two years of savings for whatever he was saving for was just gone, right? And there was no visibility. He did not even remember how much money there was, and he has not saved uh, saved since then, right? So those experiences need to change, right? And uh, which is which is essentially what we're trying to do and putting all of that within the platform. So that's it's easier to do all of those things and, and keep a track of. So let's talk about the business model. So I'm assuming there is some way you are going to be able to make money, whether it's through transfers, through fees, something. So what, where exactly are you going in terms of like what the business model look like? Yes. So uh, essentially the, uh, in, in terms of the business model, yes, uh, because there will be transactions. Uh, so transactional uh, revenue is, is, is absolutely a part of that. And any other services that we enable through the platform, uh, so whether it's, uh, you know, digital financial education, uh, or the ability to sort of keep a track of finances uh, would have, you know, in-app uh, fee associated with it. Starting out, obviously, you know, we, we, we'd want to, uh, because it will be a family experience uh, and, and we want it like that. So whatever cost there will be for the family, it will be for the whole family. So irrespective of whether your family is five people, six people, seven people, whatever, uh, that cost will be for the whole family, so for both the parents and the children together, right? So, which gives an opportunity to the to the whole family in itself, because usually, I mean, you know, it's the it's the father taking care of things or the mother taking care of things in terms of you know when it comes to giving money to their children or whatever. Uh, but there there isn't a holistic view or or one platform that all of all all, all of those people could be present and have a view of what exactly is happening, right? Uh, but Genvo will provide that opportunity, so you could have a co-parent in. Uh, and have those same privileges shared between the parents, you know, to be able to entertain requests, have a view of, of the financial journeys of their children, and then ha have all of those children become a part of it as well. 
so yeah, as a family experience, so, so for that family experience, uh, that that would potentially become uh, you know how Gemma will create revenue sources for itself. So you mentioned that you have a finance background and your co-founder has a more like artistic, a creative background. So I'm assuming this app was developed uh, outsourced uh, in terms of development, and if so, how did you figure out the tech, how to build it, and all those things? Uh, can you? shed some light on that absolutely so uh, yeah so between uh, mona and myself uh, so we have you know because uh, mona has has a creative background and you know uh, she she's amazing with that and uh, she she also has an entrepreneurial background as well she's she's successfully set up and ran her own business for like 5 years and then she sold it off right before uh, covid started because of the services industry and then uh, i have my own background in the investment industry so and obviously you know when you start something out together the, you you are wearing a lot of hats you're doing a lot of things uh, so in terms of the product uh, much of its uh, user interface user experience and its design of the product that has been uh, handled by that has been led by mona and uh, you know myself as well uh, so both of both of us have made what what it looks like uh and uh in in terms of obviously the back end development of it and, and and the technical side of it we we have a team in place uh that is you know uh now you know looking into it and building the platform and uh, all of that in terms of the back end technicalities of it uh but we've been really fortunate we've uh, we we have uh, you know some some amazing advisors with us uh some amazing mentors who understand the space and uh, you know who who understand product building really well you know we've been very really fortunate that way to be able to you know leverage on their expertise uh and 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 be able to you know uh build this out which is which is really helping uh and uh that's how we're sort of building it up while working on the product and you have been on it uh, for quite some time i'm pretty sure you faced some challenges so what were some of the challenges that you faced and how did you figure out how to solve those problems great question so uh so so when we started out uh you know one of the things that we did early on was was the market research right so sort of so sort of connecting with uh the end potential users from day one and and we've been talking to them and we you know sort of we surrounded ourselves with our potential users uh e- even in terms of our team and you know we 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 started this first internship teen internship program and you know all of that uh so 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 we're surrounded by our potential uh users from day one and that has really helped us in understanding because obviously we understood the importance of this we understood that yes you know this needs to be built but having that 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 local understanding and that local context in terms of actual problems so what problems uh i mean how are they interacting with money right now both parents and children uh what are the problems that they're facing with uh that existing setup and also with the existing financial services and products out there and how that experience can be made better uh so that is something that we established very early on uh with those conversations and, and everything and once that was established uh we we also had you know uh the opportunity to sort of have those carry those relationships that kept guiding us throughout our journey uh where we could you know build something go back take their opinion ask them you know okay this is the problem how do we solve it you know all all, all of those things and that just uh sort of you know worked really well for us in terms of understanding where we are going right where we are going wrong uh and and the access was not difficult right because uh you know the, the generation that we are building for uh obviously you know they they they're more uh, available in terms of giving their opinion uh and and being you know very honest and blunt about it which is great 
Uh, you know, they, they don't have any apprehensions with respect to that. And they understand that this is something which is being built for them. Uh, so, you know, they, they sort of take ownership with respect to that. Uh, so that really helped us. Uh, so whenever we used to run in a problem, all we did was just, you know, speak to a 13-year-old or a 15-year-old and tell them, you know, this is our problem. How do we fix it? Right. Uh, and they would just tell us, you know, okay, this looks good. This looks bad. No, please don't do that. You know, it's, it's a very honest, uh, right of the bat opinion. And, you know, that, that would work for us. Uh, in terms of the technical side, obviously, you know, uh, you know, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, our, our advisors uh, have been so kind. Uh, we could we would reach out to them and understand. Okay, you know, in terms of uh, the, the the stack and you know all of those things, uh, what are the ways that we can actually do it uh, in a more efficient manner uh, by not because obviously, you know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel, right? So in Pakistan, in the last uh, two years, a lot has happened, uh, and, and 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 a lot of uh, because when I look at product building, I look at like a puzzle, right? So you just need to find all pieces of the puzzle together and you just put it together, right? And you don't need to really make the make each piece right from scratch, right? So there are so many, uh, the ecosystem has grown. There are so many players now. There are so many opportunities for collaboration. Everybody's doing such amazing work. Uh, and it's easier to reach out to people and, you know, uh, develop those partnerships. So you can build faster and get to market quicker and not try and, you know, uh, not everyone has to go down the same route uh, per se, right? Uh, which is exactly what we're trying to do. And I think one of the key things of our product building journey has also been collaborations, right? Uh, so understanding, okay, what exactly is it that already exists out there that can easily be embedded? Uh, and we don't need to build it right from scratch, right? And which is working fine and you know, all of that. Uh, so, so, so those, those, those are the kind of, I think in, in terms of the journey, those are the things that we were able to sort of, uh, take advantage of and, you know, and, and people have been so kind and, you know, everyone that, that we've come across with, uh, they've, they've been, so they've really liked it because, you know, usually people with children sort of resonate with it, uh, instantly because they feel that, ah, okay, I understand what you're saying. Uh, and and the conversation obviously becomes easier after that. So right now you haven't launched the product, right? So once you launch the product, it's in the app store, people start downloading it and then you'll, of course, get the real feedback. So where do you see yourself going with this in like five years? Or if I could ask, uh, what is your North Star metric in terms of where do you see yourself positioning in like five to 10 years? Yes. Yeah, so uh, in, in terms of the, uh, the app in itself, so right now we have a pre-registration app available on the Play Store. Uh, so we were just testing it out. Uh, uh, there's an opportunity for you know individuals to go on the uh, Play Store and download the application uh, and be able to uh, make referrals through it. Uh, so it's a referral platform uh, as of now, uh, and uh, you can earn more coins, which is the virtual currency within the platform uh, that will be exchangeable when we launch. Uh, so you know you can every time you refer a friend or family using your unique referral code. Uh, when they successfully sign up, both of you get like 100 more points. Uh, so, you know, a, 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 there has been a lot of uh, growth in terms of that as well. So that referral app is available on, on the Play Store right now. And, uh, you know, as, as we build the first feature set out, it will just become a part of that. Uh, within, within that application, it will just get expanded that way. Uh, but yeah, in, in, in the next five years, I mean, the the objective really is because the, the the bigger picture really is to create more access towards financial literacy and inclusion for these kids and teenagers, right? That that's the bigger objective. 
Uh, and that is what we're, we're, we're trying to work towards. Uh, Genmo as a platform definitely is, is a big part of it. Uh, but Genmo is not just about you know, making this app and providing you know, financial services or financial education through that. It's about the community as well. Uh, that we're trying to build with respect to Genmo because um, this particular generation is, is all about community, right? Uh, and for them, they, they resonate with peers, they resonate with their, their uh, you know, their friends, and you know, so so that community is very essential. Uh, and 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 the learning uh, aspect of of the platform uh, works really well when a community is involved, right? And I think we have, uh, you know, so so far we've been able to, you know, sort of build a really amazing community so far as well. So right now we have over thousand plus ambassadors in fifty plus cities and hundred and eighty plus educational institutions and campuses across Pakistan. Uh, so right from Hassan Abdal to you know anywhere uh, in school and Karachi, you know, we have people uh, ambassadors who are excited about Genmo, they resonate with what, what what financial literacy they need to learn about it and all of that. And and and, and this particular thing obviously has also come about because uh, because of the of the of the internship program, right? The, the, the teen internship program. When we launched that, we we thought that you know, okay, this is because in Pakistan, obviously, part time work is not common, right? So nobody really works part time in that respect, even though teenagers want to, but there there aren't any opportunities. And also, uh, usually, it's only available to final uh, final year undergrad students and all of that. Usually, uh, first first year, second years won't have that opportunity as well, right? Uh, and also, when it comes to families, there are apprehensions about their children working in you know uh, retail stores or fast food chains or whatever for some side hustle or anything like that right uh which should not be the case absolutely not because you know in developed countries you know it's like a norm right i mean it's it's not like you need the money but the, what it teaches you apart from money the whole professionalism experience waking up on time going there you know learning a lot of things uh that has much more value than the than the salary or the amount that you get compensation that you're getting out when we started this we thought that you know we we will get a good response but it was overwhelming i mean it was like 2000 applications in like 48 hours or something and you know that just and and the conversations that we had with these children because these were like all teenagers by and large and uh, these, these these weren't like interviews interviews right because this was their first time you know in, in the setting having this conversation so these are like conversations we were blown away by the kind of you know the kind of generation that this is because a they are so uh, as you mentioned about your son as well right so they they so they're so self-aware right and they're just not self-aware they're also aware of their surroundings they're so tolerant uh they they have so much empathy much more than you know our generation has uh and and they're so accepting of you know new things and you know uh e even mistakes as well right uh and they have all of them have such amazing stories to tell right uh some of which we're trying to you know highlight on our platform as well and we will keep doing that uh talking about the achievements of like you know 15 year olds 17 year olds 18 year olds and getting them to tell their stories uh, and putting these stories out there for like millions to inspire from them because at their age whatever they're, they're achieving is is so big in that re respect right i i'd like to share one conversation so 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 one conversation that i had and, and i'll try to you know sort of tie it up with your question as well uh but uh so so one conversation that i had while while interviewing for for, for the internship program uh so this this particular individual uh she i mean she's in uh, the final year of her A levels, uh, and uh, during uh, pandemic, you know, she started 
her baking online baking business outside uh started doing really well and i just you know i just asked her you know what is it about baking that really you know uh, that you really like i mean what is it that you thought that you know out of all the things in the world that you could do uh, why did you choose baking and her answer really you know just just blew my mind away and i thought you know wow because she told me that you know in my normal life uh, right i know when i'm going to school and whatever you know there's a certain level of excellence expected out of me so you know my parents want me to become a doctor i get like i ace all my grades in in the school uh you know i get like 100 out of 100 in maths you know in science subjects i'm doing really well uh and i i'm like the top of my class at every time so there is a certain level of perfection expected out of me but when i'm in the kitchen right nobody cares if i use like you know some additional grams of chocolate or some additional grams of flour that's where i'm messy that's where i'm imperfect but the it doesn't change anything because the end result is is still delicious right uh so that just made me realize that you know i mean there, there's like there's like so much um depth and there's so much self awareness in, in in that particular respect uh in 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 this particular generation that you know uh this building this community out telling their stories and you know creating those inspirational touch points for not just them but for everybody else uh is is how we will build genmo out and ensure that we are able to keep uh introducing them to money management and this essential life skill within that community so that's essentially what what my vision is or our vision is for the next 5 years that we will keep building this community out uh and ensure that we get as many kids and teenagers uh become a part of the genmo fam uh, as possible and uh, get access to you know this life skill understand money and not just that be able to express themselves right so whether they want to become entrepreneurs in some respect we will do a lot of that as well uh where you know genmo will stand behind them help them you know uh, uh understand the technicalities of things Uh, and support them in whichever way we can either as a community because when you build a community you can always leverage expertise from here and there right there are so many diverse individuals within it so we'll keep doing that and also ensuring that we get to uh, you know uh, get these individuals to understand what self beneficial financial decision making is right because for me uh, that is most important it's not about pushing a product right because as you said earlier on financial institutions or the financial industry in itself has by and large been about products right so they, these are products and when when anybody talks about it their product the end objective is that particular product but that product by and large is is not necessarily good for you right uh, irrespective of the fact that it's from the best of the financial institution out there so more than the product we have to develop the ability in an individual to understand whether this financial product or service is good for me or not uh and not be victim of any marketing that just tells you that you know get this product and you will get financial wellness out of it or you know get this product and you will become like you know the richest person in the world or whatever that is right uh we need to ensure that people understand whether i need this or not uh and once they have that ability you know the the product will will sell itself but ensuring that people are able to make those decisions for their own benefit is what we want to achieve in the next 5 years and i think uh if we keep doing that uh people will keep resonating with genmo genmo will keep on growing uh and as a start because at the end of the day genmo is you know uh 
will become a part of these individuals' lives very early on, become their first introductions to money, and then sort of continue to be with them for the rest of their lives. And it's not just about providing them financial services, but also financial education, which includes just-in-time financial education as well, right? So at some point, these individuals will go on to take out their first personal loan, their first auto loan, their first, they'll make their first credit card, they'll, you know, uh, take out a house loan. At that time as well, they'll need education to understand, okay, this is a big decision. How do I take this decision, right? So we need to prepare them for that, those decisions as well, because usually, you know, whenever somebody only gets to that decision, they start talking to and their expertise pool is as big as, you know, the kind of people they have around them, right? So they ask their, you know, parents or relatives or friends for advice when they want to, you know, make these essential uh, big life financial decisions. Uh, which, you know, may or may not work for you because, you know, the, the knowledge pool may be limited there as well. Creating those touch points early on and giving them that visibility and not just products is 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 what we want to do. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. I mean, that's like a ambitious, quite a few ambitious goals as well as like a really grand mission. You have been like a wealth of information. I learned so much from you just by like talking to you and listening to you, you ex- describe the experiences of Gen Z's. So thank you. Thank you for being on the Missile podcast. It was a pleasure hosting you. Thank you so much. I've always been an avid listener of your podcast. I think you're amazing. It's an absolute honor to be able to uh, share Genmo's journey on the Missile podcast and all the best to you and uh, hope to sort of keep interacting in the future. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much for the kind words and definitely I will keep in touch. Thanks for listening to the Missile podcast. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and will thank me by writing a review or sharing it on social media. Make sure you follow and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks again. See you soon.